0: Welcome to the Everyday Mormon Podcast, where your hosts will discuss their daily life experiences all while being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now, let's meet your hosts, Moose, Mike, and Ben. Welcome, everybody, to the Everyday Mormon Podcast. That's right, episode number 20. You're joining the whole crew here tonight. Or the daytime, whichever you're listening to this on your favorite podcast app, uh, it is. Uh, it's nighttime here. I can tell you that. And wherever you're at, I hope it's uh, hope it's an enjoyable day. We've had an interesting week happen, exciting
1: weekend that we just had conference. Wow! I mean, uh, I get right into it because it was. How can you not? It's so exciting when we get to listen to a prophet speak to us, a prophet of the Lord. That's true.
2: Yeah. You just it, don't get- uh, very very busy weekend. Lots of good talks. Lots of memorable monumental talks.
1: Mm-hmm. And obviously, we're not going to get into all of them, and we won't even get into them uh, really detailed. We're just going to talk about a few things here. Um, but there were some changes. Surprise, surprise! Is it the norm now that we just expect ch- to hear changes at it, conference?
0: Yeah, I think that's what uh, everybody expects now. They don't know what they were like. Okay, we can't wait for the change. You know?
1: Yeah. It, it was funny. Is as I was, I went back to look at the changes, and I was like, "Oh, that's it."
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I'm like, "Oh, okay."
2: Yeah, that's it, nothing. It definitely didn't feel like that. It feels like there's a lot, but when you go back and recap, it's like, "Oh, that's like only six.
0: <laughs> was there six? I, it seemed like there was one, and then it was like, "Oh, okay. Well, no big deal." And I say no big deal. I mean, we're talking about the change. Let's 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 bring them up specifically. Uh, I guess the first one that comes to mind is the the releasing of the leadership. Of young men's in the wards, I guess, right? Is that the best yeah, way at to the describe ward,
1: it? Absolutely. At the ward level, to discontinuing the young men's presidencies. Um, it, it's To me, it makes sense. All It's funny how we think about these things and you go, okay, well, that makes sense. Because the bishop has always been the president Correct. of the priest quorum. And so it just makes sense to have these counselors, which is what they're doing now, the counselors be over the teachers and the deacons. And within the teachers, deacons, and priests, Musa, as you remember, this was this was one of our the things that we held on to when we were a group of priests hanging out together, is you have a leadership within those quorums. So you have a presidency of deacons, you have a presidency of teachers, and you have a presidency of priests, which is president, um, first counselor, second counselor, and yeah. secretary. So those quorums are already put in place, and now you just have someone to lead over it. Uh, what I find interesting about it, and one of our uh, one of our friends sent us a text and said, "Oh, just like uh, you know, Bishop Ward had it right all this time, because uh, that's the way it's designed to be. Is that the presidencies of the actual quorum? They're the ones that are supposed to take the lead, mm-hmm. and the leader is just supposed to be there to help and assist mm-hmm. and direct if needed."
2: Well, the, the other piece to that I thought was uh, interesting was the the grouping of just young women. Because now it's just young women.
1: Yeah, this is definitely something for sure um, that is a, this is probably the biggest change. And I say that because you're used to having different names, you know, beehives, my maids, laurels, and now it's just young women. Mm-hmm. But what's really cool is that it, regardless of the ward that you're in, it depends on, you, you can set up however you want. So if you have, you know, 13 young women that are in the age group of 12 to 13, then that's that's a that's a, that's a group or a class. Um, if you only have one, then you can combine that one with another class. Um, and so they allow you to do it based on the needs of the ward, the individual ward, uh, which is, again, it just makes sense, doesn't
2: it? It definitely makes sense. And then the other part that makes sense is the young woman president's report directly to the bishop. Yeah, it's kind of
1: uh, been typical anyway. Um it, There's been a buffer where they could talk to either of the the first or second counselor and the bishopric. But now they're saying, make sure you go to the bishop. This is where it needs to happen. So you have that firsthand experience. You don't have the, well, so-and-so said this or this is what so-and-so wants to do. Um, But along with the young men's moves, if we could go back there for just a minute, is that at the state level, they're they're releasing the – I say releasing. So the the young men's presidency at the state level, the president is going to be one of the high councilmen. And so at some point, uh, they'll be released to call a high councilman to that position. Uh, but that's the only change at the the stake level. And this is all expected to happen by the 1st of January is what I believe it, that uh, President Nelson said.
2: And so, I'm not- so, is, so is there any – does it make a difference that they call them now organizations as opposed to auxiliaries? Do, do you guys feel that that's a, a difference or it's just a term?
1: Yeah, I don't feel a difference. I, I um I see Moose shaking his head. I don't feel there's a difference. It's just a term for whatever reason, uh maybe somebody felt it needed to be different. I don't know,
0: but yeah, and a lot of these things that take place and a lot of these changes is is so so acceptable from, you know, from my standpoint. Like I don't ever feel the need to even though we can. Like if we wanted to go, wow, this doesn't feel right. I should pray about this. I mean, like it seems like of course this is the way it sh- this way it hasn't been this way all along. Oh my goodness. I didn't realize like, <laughs> and so to me it's, it's like, okay, it's a change that uh, a different direction we're changing to, to make, to be more efficient. And I guess that's the thing is that as changes take place in the church, and I think a lot of people fail to see the efficiency of the church. Now we're efficient as it is. So imagine as the Lord gets closer and closer to returning, we're going to become more efficient, and then when he is here, we're going to be the most efficient thing in, in the, on the planet. Yeah, it,
1: it's crazy to think about because you're absolutely right. Is when you if you go to our church and then you participate in another church, the the difference is visible. You can see how things move and they're smooth and it's organized and it's, there's a clear direction for everyone. And you know, so it's it's that's exciting to see. And like you like you said, it's just going to get more and more organized, more and more efficient. One of the things I thought was interesting, too, is that because most people don't realize, and that's said I found it interesting, I, I knew this, but this kind of brings it home with these changes, is that the, the bishop, is his main focus is the youth of the ward. That's his main focus as a bishop. And they have an Elders' Corman Relief Society president. They Those presidencies are designed to focus on the, the adults of the ward. That's what their focus is. If you're a youth, the bishop's going to make sure everything's good with you. If you're an adult, you're going to go— to Yellowscorn president. Now the, the bishop also is the father of the ward. He does handle other things as well. I'm just saying in, in general, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah. I think I think that's a I think that's an excellent call out there, uh, Mike. Uh you're right. I remember uh, when I was uh, uh had a calling for the young men's and um and the bishop he he'd pop his head in and he'd sit down for a little bit and he'd counsel a little bit in there. And so I think that's a that's an excellent call out. And I think that especially with the youth of today. And uh, and in one of the talks, they really pointed out how social media and all the distractions of, of technology come into play. Um, I think you need that. You think I think you need that focus. Uh, of I think you need the bishop to be to really have um, a, a presence in, in these uh, in these classrooms and these and these things.
0: And it's just going to happen more and more. So and as the bishop receives, I mean, he does have the keys to uh, the ward. So that's the way it's going to be. Yeah, for sure.
1: You know, so if you guys are – have, I don't think there's any other thing, right? That's just it? It feels like that's, uh, yeah. that's it, I think.
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: <laughs> it feels like we should be talking about more as far as changes go. However, I do – I'm excited to talk about our favorite talks because I know uh, Ben has a couple that he wants to share. And so I'm, I want to hear what he, what he wants to bring up.
2: So, so one of my – so I had two that really for me stood out. Um, but the one I'm going to pick – I'm just going to pick the one is um, uh, and I might I might butcher the name here, so please forgive me. um elder Ukdorf
0: Ukdorf, yeah,
2: yeah, so i I to be quite honest with you, I listened to his talk twice, and I actually read the transcript of his talk. That's how much I thought the talk for me was really good. and i I, I, I say that because if um if you know it's the your great adventure uh, talk, um, and it, it does a lot of references to um, uh, Bilbo Baggins. Oh yeah, um, and he does the he talk about he talks about the Hobbit. And I think what makes this talk so excellent one, obviously, you know, we, you know, we have a a love for sci-fi and, and stuff of that nature who who know us. Um, but it makes it easy to understand the talk. Um, and you, you, I can, as he spoke his talk, I envisioned it in in that world, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then I was, I was the hobbit. So he's like, <laughs> it's, so, and I think that was the purpose of the talk, um, and how you know how we knew, uh, he, we accepted the quest of it's gonna not gonna be easy. We're gonna come down. We're gonna get our heavenly bothers, uh, bodies. We're gonna live the life of the gospel and get. You know, become Christ-like to come back up. So we knew it was a journey, and we may or may not make it. Uh, and and so for me, that was like that was like the awesome. Uh, it was like the most awesome of the awesome. I can't even think of the words to say. And then he even referenced, you know, it's, uh metaphorically. There'll be dragons and and ogres and stuff like that metaphorically, which are just the challenges of what we go through on 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 this on this earth. And so what we go through as a as a human body, uh, and through the temptations of what we we fight, just like if anyone was to see the hop and and what he went through. So I, for me, it was a it really spoke to me. um, Obviously, the the terms in which he spoke it pulled me in and gave me the interest. But for me, I listened to it twice in a row, and then I actually read it. And when I read it, I I can really put it all together. So I thought it was for me, it, it really spoke to me. So I, I thought I really, imp- I really appreciate that.
0: What I like is the fact that, uh, you have, uh, prophets who actually watch the Hobbit like me. And I think that's, that's pretty cool. And, and like it, by the way, uh, that's, what's actually pretty cool.
1: Uh, he probably read the book, you know what I mean? Because you knowing yeah, mean, he was probably somebody who read the book uh, as a younger person. But, yeah, he, he, it's an exciting thing uh, to to be able to hear those things come into play. And Utenorfer has always been a favorite of a lot of people because he brings his those personal experiences in. Exactly.
2: And, and then when he when he mentions it, he goes, the story of Bilbo Baggins, you kind of hear in the conference, people want to laugh, but they don't <laughs> the they a little bit. Like, they do like a silent chuckle. And so – and and because I always wondered, you know – um, can you can you laugh at a, at a general comment yes. can you can you, you know I can hope so be, <laughs> so you know there's there's an obvious uh re- revenance that you have to be you have to be you know respect but he, he, when you have an opening line the story of Google Baggins it's like wait a minute you gotta kinda look where am I at you know yeah. <laughs> but I think he did a great job especially with youth and people you know when you you may you may get distracted and he pulls you in, and he keeps you interested and engaged as he speaks. So that's that's why the talk was was great. By the way, the other talk for me was Elder Johnson. Peter Johnson was the other one for me.
1: Okay. So are you just saying that you're not going to mention it, or are we, you just throw it out there like that?
2: It's time to talk. I'm giving okay. you guys time to talk.
1: Okay, I appreciate it. Well, my favorite one was all of them, but I'm just going to focus on a couple of them now. So how's that sound? Does that sound okay? Somebody. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite speaker is Dallin H. Oaks. When he gets up and talks, and the reason why his voice is it's clear, it it's not it's not monotone, but he doesn't he doesn't you know go up and he doesn't have an ebb and flow to something that's going to be funny or something that's serious. He just talks, and then all of a sudden he says something funny. You're like, oh, that was funny, (laughs) and you laugh. And then as he but he's very serious about it, and he's very clear in his conversation. The talk is actually called the Two Great Commandments, and the first thing he talks about is that to love our God and to love our neighbors. And that is so key in this, because no matter what somebody, who somebody is or what they do, it is our responsibility as brothers and sisters to love each other. And that's all that we're asked to do for that peace. But he also goes on to say that there are laws. Um, however, the reality is, is that we're not to judge that peace. We are not going to be those judges uh, all we are to do is just love each other, and whatever those commandments are, we follow them or we don't follow them, and that's our choice.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, you're absolutely right on that piece right there. You know, I I have had offline conversations uh, with Moose and I um, on this particular topic because it it can be, um, you know, how do you say? Uh, I, I'm still trying to understand all the pieces to it, you know, and and this and this is a piece of me that when we talk about it that that say. You know, um, don't let the the what is it uh, the original man or the what was natural it? man, the natural man take over your thoughts mm-hmm. on it. You know, you know, and I've talked to Moose about it. And look, we're all God's children. We all love each other equally. So, and that's the other piece. So, you know, it's easy for it's easy to cast judgment as a natural man, mm-hmm. and, and that's not our position. You know, our position is to to love to love everyone. And so that's that and I, I listen as a personal, I struggle with that um you know in, in all aspects you know and with, with, with all kind of scenarios so I think that 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 talk helps solidify that thought process um, of, of being able to love everyone equally.
1: Well, I think we all struggle with that, don't we uh, I mean maybe maybe it's just me that thinks that, but I know I struggle with it as well. I mean that's part of the hard thing in life is, is being able to overcome your own weaknesses and also being able to recognize other people have weaknesses and to accept them regardless of those weaknesses.
0: I, I always think it's interesting how we, if we could just be more like children, and as Christ said, and many, many times, you know, obviously have the faith of a child. If we could think like children, really, and just love people for who they are and not see the differences in each other as we often do as adults. And it kind of reminds me of a story this past week where it was a Hollywood um, uh, celebrity, Ellen DeGeneres, was at a a Cowboys game, a a Dallas Cowboys game, and she was sitting beside George Bush, the president, George W. Bush. And, you know, everybody kind of was talking about, oh, well, you know, his views on this and her views on that, and just kind of, you know, kind of making it, just bitter and just like, Mm -hmm. like there should be something more to it. I thought it was interesting that Ellen DeGeneres came out and says, yeah, I'm, I'm friends with George Bush. In fact, I'm friends with a lot of people who don't share the same beliefs that I have. She said on her show earlier in the week, and then she said, we're all different. And I think that we've forgotten that that's okay, that we're all different. And she goes on to say, you know, when she asked people to be kind to one another, not just to be kind to the people that share the same belief as you, but to be kind to everyone, and that means everyone. And so, to me, that's that's a big statement, and good for her. If she truly believes exactly what she said, I think that's terrific because that's exactly what it's talking about, and that's what we talk about when we talk about love thy neighbor, you know? Um, God, guys, if we just treat everybody the same as we would... You know, each other, no matter what our differences. And I know we have struggles, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you have to accept the struggle, but if we could be kind to one another, we would be in a lot better place, uh, a lot faster.
1: Yeah, and I would say, based on, you know, by their fruits you shall know them. Um, what I've seen by Ellen, she, she believes what she um is what she's talked about because I've seen her her everything she her shows, and i don't I don't watch it regularly. i'm not I don't keep up with all that, but she seems genuinely nice and kind and caring and wants other people to feel that love. And so I think that's important, like you said, Moose, that we all act that way. Uh, and it, this is this is the design. This is it. So and and what's funny is I say funny. Interesting, in the Book of Mormon, as you see things happen in the Book of Mormon, as you read about things happening in the Book of Mormon, you see the same things happening today where it's no longer – you're no longer to be different. It's not okay to believe something outside of what I believe. You have to believe and accept what I have, and you have to believe that way. Um, And so it goes on through – the judges and through other things in the book of Mormon anyway, but th- that's the same path we're going down right now.
2: You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of focus on, you know, when we talk about, uh, don't worry about what other people say. Don't look beyond what it is. And, and in one of the talks there, again, by um, other Johnson, he goes, my dear friends, please don't let, do not let anyone steal your happiness. Do not compare yourself to others. Please remember the loving words of the savior. Peace. I leave with you. My peace. I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither, neither let it be afraid. I mean, if we just think about those words, break down those lines. You know, don't let people steal your happiness. Don't let people put that stuff on you. You know, don't worry about other people. You know, worry about worry about the love and the peace you're going to give to other people. I mean, those are those are the things for me that that really resonate. And you know, and it seems like it's so so. My eyes get teary talking about it because it just seems like it's so there's so much bitterness out there for people. Mm. They are just so angry at for nothing. Like you know you you know you brought up that simple scenario when you just talked about like why are people so upset? Like what 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 has happened for that to to be the case? You know and, and, and as and I I know Mike I just it's just as. As things go on, and uh, it just keeps compounding and perpetuating and growing and grow. So it's like it's, it's hurtful.
1: Well, uh, we know why we're doing it. This is the adversary. He's putting his way in to society little by little. And, you know, it talks about being with a flaxen cord. So at first it's very – very smooth to the touch. It feels nice. So you grab a hold of it. And so you pulled it in and you hold onto it close. And as you get closer to, you start reeling it in, it becomes a chain. And then you become bound by Satan to do his things because you've gotten trapped into that position. So that's why we have to hold on to the very basics, the very basics,
0: which is to love each other. That is the basic. Now, I, that brings me to the thing that I thought was one of the coolest things I've ever heard, and that is towards the uh, you know, end of conference, President Nelson talks about some specific things. And he says, um, I'll, I'll kind of share some of the stuff with you. In, in relationship to the 200th anniversary of the first vision, President Nelson uh, announced general conference next April will be different from any previous conference. In the next six months, I hope that every member and every family will prepare for a unique conference that will commemorate the very foundations of the restored gospel. Speaking of that remarkable history of the restoration, President Nelson shared uh, this. He said, in the springtime of the year 2020, it will be exactly 200 years since Joseph Smith experienced Uh, The first vision, God, the father and his beloved son, Jesus Christ appeared to Joseph, a 14 year old youth. That event marked the onset of the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ in its fullness, precisely as foretold in the Holy Bible. And he goes on to talk a little bit about that. What you know, what's to come. I thought it was interesting that he suggested that as members prepare for this marvelous anniversary, that they could do four specific things. And one was read a fresh Joseph Smith's account of the first vision as recorded in the Pearl of Great Price, Uh, to ponder important questions as we studied the Book of Mormon for the Come Follow Me curriculum next year, such as uh, how would my life be different if my knowledge gained from the Book of Mormon were suddenly taken away, or... Mm. How have the events that followed the first vision made a difference for me and my loved ones? Number three, he says, incorporate the church's Book of Mormon videos into your individual and family study. And then uh, number four, finally, he says, select your own questions, design your own plan, immerse yourself in the glorious light of the restoration. And President Nelson promised that as we do these things, General Conference next April will not only be memorable, it will be unforgettable, and that's pretty impressive coming from a prophet of God.
1: Yeah, you know, with the things that he's seen, <laughs> to <laughs> say something like that, it, it's it's amazing. And all those things you said, I want to kind of just like end it there, but I want to also talk about it because, in and of itself, I mean, this is probably going to be the most watched conference
0: of all time for <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, one and, and, one because it's 200 years two because of what he said yes, <laughs> that's it you know?
1: exactly you know cuz everybody's gonna going to be one what's going to happen what's but and here's the kicker cuz as you read at the end there if you don't prepare yourself you may not see it you may not feel it you may not understand it and so you may go oh that was okay uh, and this is the thing that I find interesting about members specifically in our church. I'm sure it's everywhere, but members specifically in our church. As we we have information, we're like, okay, we, we know how to do this. Okay, great. What's next? Okay. Um, well, uh, as the Book of Mormon, right? Read the Book of Mormon every day. Read it. Read the Book of Mormon. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay. But what's the next thing? Mm-hmm. Are you doing that? Well, no, not yeah. But what's the next thing? You know, and we want to move on to the next thing, and we're not even accomplishing what's been asked of us to accomplish. And then when the next thing comes, we either have a bad attitude about it or we don't understand it. And we we, we just like, well, I thought it was going to be bigger than that. I thought there's was going to be something. You know, We're not doing the basic things that we're asked, so how can we expect to have a greater understanding of what's to come?
2: We won't. Yeah, absolutely right. We're worried about what's next to come, and we haven't even gotten the basics or even haven't reinforced the – The teachings that they're telling us to do so i think that was very uh impactful very very strong way to end um you know this conference and in preparation for the next conference um i think that uh as you read it i i mean i'm i'm going over it myself i'm like "Mm, okay i think i need to okay do that all right so you know it's like you're right you know like he's telling us because he knows yeah Yeah. something something's coming down the pipeline and And you're
1: right, and if we don't do those four things, and that that's all on us, you know yeah. we're being prepared for the
0: future. it's it, it reminds me of just as the the time gets closer and closer to the Lord's second coming, what do we need to do to get prepared? And we always think about, ah oh, well, we'll we'll kind of have a better idea. You know, we'll kind of know when it's coming. What if, <laughs> what if these type of things are exactly what we fail to see and what we fail to do, even though it's laid out for us? like a book of saying, this is, this is what you need. This is it. Look, it's, it's, it's about to happen. Now, I'm not saying, of course, that this is what's coming. But uh, we obviously know it's getting closer and closer to the time. And as I start to think about the Lord and the way that he does things, uh, it's very calculated, and he gives us plenty of time and plenty of pre- preparation every single time to be fair. To be fair that he is, he's going, I, I, I gave you s- numerous chances, number of chances to get it right. And if yeah. we don't we don't listen to them, what's going to happen? And the last thing that I have. so so so, you know, will we see something, you know, amazing, you know, happen at conference? Will we see an angel of the Lord in the middle of conference? Could that happen? Yeah, it could. Wow. you know um, you know, is it likely to? Probably not. But if we're in tune with the spirit of what's happening and in tune with the spirit of the conference, you never know what you'll experience.
1: I don't know what else to say, Moose. Ended there. We appreciate it by tuning in to EMP, Everyday Mormon Podcast. Check us out on all of our social media sites. Email us, podcast. Pod-
0: How about uh, podcast at everydaymormonpodcast.com? How about that?
1: <laughs> that one works too. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us, everybody. And please share your thoughts because uh, we can keep talking about this. That's, absolutely. Thanks for joining us. You have been listening to Everyday Moment Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Email
0: us, podcast at everydaymomentpodcast.com.